show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at HiveMindCRM.io. Hey, we're here for another episode with the Al Nicoletti from the Al Nicoletti Show and uh, we're gonna have a good time. But um, Al Nicoletti has been an inspiration for a lot of people in the attorney space. I can I don't even I haven't even talked to a bunch of attorneys, but I'm sure I'm sure. So we're trying we're trying to take Al Nicoletti to the next level, even though he's already doing it. There's nothing we can do. He's he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it no matter what. But um, Al Nicoletti is a person you want to speak with about probate, but not just probate business automation marketing there's there's a lot of different facets to this man including playing the violin if you didn't know so i didn't know that (laughs) there's a violin behind his head (laughs) had a conversation about this a while ago but there's a lot of different facets to this man that you cannot understand and put in one sentence takes multiple conversations so we're gonna have a conversation so one of the beauty is is that al nicoletti yelled at me the other day because his information was not updated in our system. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it out because I was not happy about that, but I was glad he was getting business from it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of dive, dive down that, man. What, what services are you providing? How many people have you helped? He says he's doing like 50 probates right now. Who does that? Al Nicoletti does. So let's, let's kind of jump down that rabbit hole. Guys, Daniel, Anthony, you you guys are the best. Before we before we dive in, anybody watching this has to know that what the Hive Mind is doing is it's unparalleled with other CRMs and communities, and they are doing a phenomenal job with how they're putting this together. The people they're bringing in, the people that they're bringing on the Hive podcast, the people they're bringing in person, and putting on the multiple platforms for the hive, all the things that they're doing like during the week, it's just amazing. So I just want to say before we dive in, I love you, Daniel. I love you, Anthony. You guys are the guys. We, we you know, every time we're around each other, even the first time we were around each other, it was just like we were just ready to like bond and like have a blast like at the hive uh master hive mind mastermind. It was just awesome. So love being here. We're gonna dive in on like almost everything. So um that being said, <laughs> um it, it was it was funny how that all transpired, Daniel, with the phone number because I was away during the Christmas break, and I got I got a message from somebody that said, and this ties into like my me and my business, right? I got a message from somebody that said, "Hey, hey, Al, um, I've been trying to call you and text you. I've left you multiple messages, and I haven't heard back from you." And when I read that, anybody that knows me. 
I call them back right away. I message them back right away. You know how to find me. I email them back right away. So I was just like, who have you been calling? Like, what, like, <laughs> like, 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 who are you calling right now? So they were saying, they were like, yeah, I have your number and everything. And then I was like, um, show me the number. And when they showed me like the old number, I'm like, Daniel, Daniel, this, I'm thinking to myself too, like this community is so big, that number has to change to the new number. So I was, I was so happy about that because this community is growing. That's what had me, had me nervous too. It was like, the hive is growing exponentially at a rate that is just going to explode. And we all got to make sure we're like, you know, having the right contact. I'm like, thank goodness. So, you know, it, it all worked out. It was all, it was all good. Cause that helps, you know, CRM and that helps SEO for things. So the services I'm doing number one probate, absolutely hands down. Number one, crushing the market. I'm on tour right now. 2022 is my whole probate tour. I told you that guys at the hive mind mastermind, I, I stood up in front of everyone. And I said, I'm going, I'm going to go on tour. Like Sharonda was like walking around, making us write things down. I'm going on tour and it's happening and probate's so big. And we'll dive in on that. I'm sure too. Like, I know you guys got questions on that probate title issues, like quiet titles, a really big thing. Cause a lot of investors find complicated, challenging, messy issues. So we dive into that. Um, and shout out to Mason because I was on his podcast and on Mason's podcast, we were talking about all messy, crazy things. Actually had somebody call me from his thing. So again, here we go with the hive, like, you know, the hive connects and somehow we're all making and getting good connections. Um, and then other title stuff, you know, I'm like the real estate title fixer in Florida. You know, I only focus in Florida and I, I know we're going to get into that conversation again, that I need to stop saying that. And that I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm, the probate United States right here, but in my practice, in my law practice, I'm only here in Florida. So if you're out there, you're watching it, you got something that's in Florida, that's crazy. That's my services. You know how to call me the weird and the different. I'm the weird and the different. That's it. That's it. And that's a, that's a good place to start. So every, and this, the reason why anybody, oh, I got a probate issue. I told Al, Al is your guy because Every probate attorney I know, they're super, super slow. But Al just gets it done. He's like, I'm going to knock this out today if I could. We're not, we're not waiting weeks. No matter how big the issue is. And I think, I think it's one of the big, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're numbers oriented. You're trying to complete the job for as many people as possible. Because time is money. And a lot of lawyers don't understand that. They just, they just, they bill you for the, they bill you for the, their, the, they put you on the, what's the, what's the term I'm looking for? They, they bill you up front and then they use that money. What's that, what's that term called? I forgot. Can't think of it right The now. retainer? Retainers. They use their retainer thing all the time. And I was like, I'm going to get it done. Then you can pay me. Right. And, and that's, that's a game changer, right? Like how, so those are two, two game changers that in any business. And I saw your post the other day that money is cheap and, but time is expensive or valuable. And it's like, you know, those are the two things that end up being the biggest topics of anything we do, right? Anybody wants to know, why am I getting in the hive? Well, we're going to, we're going to save you money because we're going to buy you time. And that's what a lot of the CRM does. It helps buy people time because you have your systems and same thing with probate. The, the mindset is I'm here to get this done. I want to get it done so we can figure out a, a, a problem to get to a solution, having that solution mindset. 
is the ultimate goal. So figure out the problem, but how do we get it done efficiently as quickly as possible? But, but you'll like this, Daniel, because the quickness also is a byproduct of how many leads are coming in. So, and I know my work ethic. So I know if I'm bringing in like lead after lead after lead, what does that mean for me? Well, any lead I got before that other lead, that other, the other one that comes in, I got to get it done. So there's also a hustle because I know to keep up the pace, we have to get things done and figure out strategies. Take, I take, you know, nights and I even put on a calendar tonight at 10 PM. Like I got to get something done that somebody wants me to look at a family tree. And that's because that's going to come and go and a new lead's going to come in. So there's a mindset of business, but not, not only business, just a sense of urgency that I treat differently than a lot of attorneys. Cause I know people have things that they got to get done. Oh, I, we got to close. We got to do this. We got to do that. And we don't mess around. Like I've told you guys this in presentations, uh, Anthony, you saw it at the wholesaling land one-on-one shout out to Derby and Jared. Um, and, and it's because we all are on the same page. We all are like, how do we do it? What do we got to do? Let's do it. So then there's the money. That's time. But the money is the game changer. Waiting until the closing to get paid is the ultimate. So all of you that are watching, imagine how many of you knew that if you didn't have to pay anything to that sell for that seller or that seller didn't have to pay anything to the lawyer to get the probate done and you can all just wait until closing, you all would take those leads any day because it's zero risk and high reward. If you knew you had the deal locked up, zero risk, high reward equals, well, that's a no-brainer. We're going to do that deal. And I know you're thinking that's a quote card, Daniel. So, you know, this is, this is exactly the kind of arena that investors really should focus on with probate because you know how to do it quickly. Your buyers are not being held up. It's a fascinating niche, which with constant stories, how many stories did I tell? I have new stories now to this day that I could tell you all. We can have a whole new PowerPoint. Uh, I don't have the triple baby mama yet, but you know, I have new stories all the time. And um, it's, a, it's just constant things that I could tell that are fascinating with it. I love it. So I'm, I'm going to hit on this. Your, your lead flow is what enables you to do more because it's constant. And by your lead flow being so constant, you're able to get paid in the end because you're, you're getting, you're doing so much work up front that you're always getting paid. Your pipeline's super full. So you, you can afford to do that. And it doesn't cost you anything because your lead flow is so constant. But it took almost two years before that flow was so constant. And I was confident in it because of course, like, after a while, why do, why do people get the hive? Because they need something to automate their, their, their lead flow and their business so that they can go focus on the things that they want to. Well, in the beginning, I had to focus on getting that lead. Now that I got the lead, I needed somebody to help uh, manage those like as a paralegal. But what does that mean? When you hire, now, now you're taking a cut out of what you're getting paid to pay them. So you better hope you're getting more leads. So that enabled me to go more and more and I think that's why a lot I'm going on tour because I know I can get more leads with the help that I have now, but at the same time, that's more responsibility. You have, you have more um, responsibility to them. You have to, you, you got employees, but now I have more free time, right? More free time to go do speaking, to go do conferences um, that I know you, you know, I love. So go ahead, Anthony, you're going to ask a question. Yeah, man. I was going to say, no wonder why your business is blowing up. 
from that mindset. The very first time I ever heard anybody say this was Gary V. It was at a, a conference in Austin and uh, Robert Hirschbeck was there, uh, Grant Cardone. It was just an amazing conference. And I had never heard this concept before. I was in marketing for years and years. And Gary V. brought up the point that you have to you have to be willing to go into the red to grow your business. And he gave a brief ex explanation on what that meant. But I kind of get that vibe from what you're saying right now. And it's funny because I've always run my business that way, but nobody had ever verbalized it before. But the way you said that, you know, don't you don't have to pay until the very end. So what I would do is um, I've had a construction company for almost 20 years and I would, I started going after large scale commercial roofing projects. So what we would do is we would show up and we would like mitigate damage leaks. Um, we would start putting our own money and time, like our human capital into the project before the owner ever gave us a dime. Right. And that's how we would lock up these contracts that were worth like multiple six figures is because we were doing that. What you just said, like, I'm willing to put in the work first and connect the, collect the cash later. It's the same concept. Like if you've ever hung out in a pool hall, right? when you're next on the table, you drop your quarters on the table and that means you're next to get on the table. Well, it's the same concept with business is that if you're willing to put your cash into the deal or your expertise, then that's how you get more leads faster. And I started doing that with real estate again, instinctively is uh, if I was talking to a seller and I knew that there was going to be like some kind of legal challenges or there was some kind of financial challenge, I would all, I didn't need to convince the seller to give me the property or to sell me the property. All I needed to convince them to do was to take my money and that's it. So I would uh, negotiate to where, Hey, I see you have these challenges. It looks like you're against a, a couple of financial hurdles here. So you can either come up with the 10 or 20,000 or whatever to, to get this show on the road, or I can put in the 10 or 20,000 if you let me handle this deal. And I've been doing that since day one in real estate, man. And it's taken us, it's taken us real far, real fast. And uh, I just wanted to just bring that up is that mindset that being a giver and leading with value first saying here, you can have what I have, you know, if we can both win on the back end has, it's made, it's made my business just like go from something to talk about to, you know, something to kind of like model off of now and, and that other people can follow and learn from. So it was just a hat tip to you, man. That's a badass model that you're running. Yeah. But it takes a while. It takes a while to get to that point though, Anthony. So like when I first was starting out, and I was in, I started out here in Jacksonville. Somebody asked me how long I'd been here and I still can't believe it's been what three and a half years, almost four years. It's so crazy because that, that time flew by, right? I felt like when I was back in Miami, each year was so slow. And, uh, but that's, that's because the business is booming and everything, but you got to have that mindset. First of all, you have to have it from the get-go, right? Like you, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's marketing, whether it's um, the business, whether it's anything you're doing in real estate, you have to have that mindset. But also at the same time, you love what you do. You and Daniel love what you do, whether it's hive mind, the real estate side of it. And because you have that, you're able to find the things that you know how to systemize and then delegate. And then you know what you don't want to work on. And then that's when you add on and hire and you get the VAs or you get the people to do it. And then you keep leveling up and scaling. And that's why, that's why the hive's growing, right? We all, we all know the hive's growing because you're offering an amazing service, but you're also expanding out and, and giving back, offering that and then leveling up. So it's, it's no different with what I'm doing. It's just a mindset of, I wake up every day and I'm like, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? And if you have that, you're, you're going to be successful. It's a part of success. It's not all everything, but every day waking up with that, like 
I, I don't know if I'd call it the paranoid mindset because you're just like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, then what? But if you wake up always having a changing mindset of what's next, I think things will materialize and you just have to have a go-getter set too. That mindset changes everything for you. I think uh, a lot of people struggle with that. And I think real, a lot of real estate people, they struggle with this too, is that they think that that one deal is that's it. And it's the flip side that there's limitless clients and customers, limitless deals out there. There's limitless opportunity. And once you, under, once you, once you make that in your mind that, Hey, my next client's coming to me, whether I look for them or not. <laughs> right. You, yeah. You're let, you're let, you're less scared of what's actually going to happen with this one deal, whether I make a thousand or $10,000 or whether this deal doesn't go through or does go through. It's less, it's less more about the thing like, Hey, I have this marketing machine. That's always continue running, bring me leads. Hey, some deals, some close, some don't. <laughs> No different with what we do. After a while, I bring, I have so much lead gen that I'll get one of those types that call me on a console. And I'm like, look, I got so many things to work on right now that, you know, I'm good with the flow that I have. Like, that's just going to be, it's either a time waster or it's not going to happen. And that's when you know you're rolling, when you start when you start really thinking through, is this one you want to take on or, or a lead that, you know, you want to defer to. So that's crazy in my business. Cause a lot of lawyers are like, no, 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 no. Like take on every case. And it's like, the thing is you have to filter out. So you get the good, right. You keep sifting. So you keep, you keep getting the ones that you really want to take on. And that is what's all solved in my business. Cause I don't know if you guys know this when 2020 hit and the pandemic all hit, I was still doing evictions and it wasn't until then when I actually stopped doing that. And I narrowed the focus of my niche. It was because of the pandemic as well, that my niche in probate got as strong as it did. I had a, that was a decision I had to make. And I remember where I was with that. I was walking around the law firm where I was and I had to make that. And it's, it's no different with what you guys do, right? You all are in the hive. Let's niche harder in the hive, niche harder in our business. You guys don't want to focus on luxury. We'll focus on land. If you don't want to do single family homes, why are you doing that? Focus on land. Who cares? Okay. You had one lead. Yeah. But if you keep focusing on that land, you're going to pick up more leads and you'd be a master at it. Look at Mike Novak, right? Look at, look at some of the people that are focusing on just land, John Alexander, Right. And so same thing with probate. When you focus in on a niche, now we're shifting into a whole different convo. But if you if you if you focus on a niche, you're going to your businesses and your systems are just going to get stronger because you like what you do. Keyword is like what you do. You got to like what you do. That's the biggest thing. A lot of people, man, people, there's so many people out there. All the nine to fivers don't like what they do. They just go because they feel like they have to. Ugh. And it's frustrating, right? And and that's what you guys try explaining at the conference and the, and the mastermind. It's like, look, you're all here to kind of talk about this. Let's talk it out and see the successes. Look at Corey Thompson doing what he's doing. Look at Baskar, right? Baskar's killing it, but not only in the real estate world, but he's his services with Facebook ads, his services with other things that he does are killing it. And so you have all these people in the hive. And it's, again, like, it's why I love being a part of this because we all understand that ultimately we all have our systems. We all have our own style. We're all different. We all don't, we don't do the same things. 
And it's beautiful because we all get to hear that and, 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 and bounce it off, bounce ideas and just have a blast, right? We love what we do. We're passionate about it. We love being on the Hive podcast. Um, it, it's awesome having my show. I've had you guys on because it's just, it's just a community. So um, it, it's not all always about probate for me. Like it's, it's about so many other things with the relationships, with the connections, with being on the Hive calls, the, the clubhouse calls. And it's just, it's just fun sharing stories with you guys. Just a blast. See, we could, we could go on about so many topics on this. Like people are going to be listening in. I, I hope it's like the number one hive mind episode that we have, but people are going to be listening in because when you, when you have us on the clubhouse call, we're just a little dot with a, with a face, with a, a picture. Yeah. But when you have us on this, you can really see us, right? Like you actually see me, we're getting to Anthony's turning on his camera, but then, you know, you got Daniel. And you actually get to see what were our engagement on this stuff because Clubhouse, you know, only goes so far with just voices, but there's nothing like video, man. Nothing like it. So one thing I'm curious about. So I've known you've done multiple deals with Hive users. Every time I talk to you, you're always doing more and more. How many deals have you done with Hive users? And who was the craziest story out of those? Wow. So Lupe had one that was pretty wild with we had seven airs. Gosh, who was another Hive user that, who, who else have you have heard of that uh, we've done something? Man, I think I, Lupa was last one I heard. I know you did like three others. I think you did one for Novak. No, I don't think Novak and I have done anything yet. There was one guy, YD. I think YD shows up. Um, does YD show up on the clubhouse, the Hive Mind clubhouse? I think he does. We just we just did a deal with him. He was also in Wholesaling Land 101. And okay. YD, I think he had a very straightforward probate, but he was blown away. We did it in two weeks. I think Lupe's was the craziest one of the hive, um, only because, number one, again, Clubhouse was so, I mean, it was the way we all connected and we all got to meet each other, which was the best thing ever. But we all we all didn't really get to see each other. So Loopy had a deal with I think either it was after the conference. I think it was after the conference. So we all met at the conference. Loopy had a deal. No, it was before. No, it was before the conference. So she didn't even know who I was. She never met me before, and she trusted me to help work the deal. I think it was wow. before the conference. Seven airs. So I remember I told Loopy I was like everybody's got to be on contract. Seven. She was like seven. I was like seven and you got to get all of them. And she did. I mean, credit to her. Like I told her, I was like, got to get them. She did it. Bring it to title. She did it. And I remember, I remember we got the probate done. She was like so happy, but you know, this is the difference working with me versus a lot of other, the, uh, the other attorneys that you find, especially around Florida, but because probate is one thing, but title is a different world. So I think ahead, and I remember explaining to Lupe, I was like, you got seven people, they're all going to have to sign deeds. And it was a little crazy because you now have to go to seven people and get seven deeds because doing that was the best way to do it. And you know what? She did it. She got it done. Boom, out. And it just was, it was wild because you don't have so many, but you know, I get calls like, uh, again, credit to Mason. I was on his podcast and somebody heard me talk about adverse possession. Um, and then um, just thinking of people that are in there. I've had people call me 
Jared, wait a second, Jared and Derby. I mean, you want to talk about a crazy deal? So, all right, getting comfortable for this one. So there was a hive uh, hive mind session we had. I think it was May. And I remember being in the car and John was, John was talking on the call and my, my internet went out for a second and it came back on and John was like, out, out, you there? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And I was like, my internet went out. He was like, did you hear the question from Jared? And I was like, no. And Jared was telling a story about how he had this probate for eight months, eight months, and they still couldn't get the court order. And I remember being on that call going, what are you talking about? Like one air. And he was like, well, there was three of them, but there was an issue with getting it done. So I remember telling Jared, I'm like, look, man, let me know this. This is crazy. I can't believe it hasn't gotten done. So like a couple months rolled by and they still hadn't gotten it done. Derby saw me at the, uh, before the wholesaling land one one or right around then she was like, you know, the deal's coming to you. I picked up the deal and I looked at it and I said, wait a second, we got to go higher. We got to go to the people that were the parents of these people that are, that are right here. And I told them, I said, you know what? I think we could do this in like three to five weeks. Well, they were all out of the country. Thank goodness for DocuSign. We were able to get them everything by email. They finally hit the button and DocuSign. It was just took forever. But you know what, Daniel, Anthony, it took three and a half weeks and we got the order and Jared and Derby were done and ready. Well, it went from eight to nine months, took almost a month for me, and they were able to get the deal done. It, I, you have to ask Derby. It was really close. Like that buyer was getting really pissed. Yeah. So. But speed, speed of transaction is so important, especially dealing with other buyers or money. If there's money involved and people put aside money, like, hey, we got 50 grand for this deal. And then like, there's no ROI. You haven't used it yet. What's going on? <laughs> It wastes time, right? A, a lot of a lot of the problems is not knowing the rules. So this is the thing. As you know, I go all over Florida. So Corey Carroll, he calls me and I'm like, hey, man, I can go to Cape Coral. I can go to Pensacola. He's like, really? I was like, absolutely. Chris Profits calls. And I'm like, yeah, man, we can go from anywhere from here to, to anywhere, anywhere in Florida, right? And where Jared and Derby were doing that deal, is one of the most strict counties that's by the book. And if you don't know the rules and you don't know the system, you can get wrapped up easily. So there's a difference. And I like the challenge. I like the challenge of, oh yeah, we're not, okay, I'll, let me get this done in like two hours, right? We're not going to get anything done in two hours, I think ever again, but I'll get it. I'll figure it out. And that's the difference. And I'm, I'm always ready for Hive members. I, I mean, Mike Horan, he's called about some things. We've talked about some things. I'm ready for a Mike Novak deal. Ready for you, Mike. But uh, more, more importantly, I'm ready for Anthony and Daniel to start shifting the Hive, the hive flow straight to Florida and picking up all these land deals. I, I, th- I think we're going there next. So I think we're, we have... So we, Anthony, Anthony hit me up. He's like, I need to get all the people in Texas, and especially San Antonio people. I'm like, okay. So I pulled the list. We have like 80 people in Texas, which is almost a third of our user base. So I'm like, okay. There's a lot of people in Texas, but I think Florida is the second most right now. So wow. yeah, 
I didn't tell you that too. We just fired up a Florida land campaign now, man. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from us for whatever reason. Uh, land tends to pull back uh, nastier deals, I guess, because it gets passed down from like generation to generation. And, and so it just gets pretty ugly. So I want to say it's been about 14 to 20 days since we launched the Florida campaign. So you'll be hearing a lot more from those hive guys. Well, ask, ask John Alexander about this because he, he knows the story. There's other land investors that know. In, in Florida, you have these counties like Highlands County. Like we've talked about this on the call. Like DeAndre's yeah. even asked. Like he's like Deon almost almost had one with DeAndre. Man, I can't wait for DeAndre Anderson and Al Nicoletti to have that probate thing going on. But you have you have these counties like Highlands County, Charlotte County, Lee County, and back in the '90s and the '80s, they subdivided the lots over in those counties. They had developers come in, really not doing a whole lot, but they subdivided at all these lots. So if you look on a map, if you go into Highlands County property appraiser, and this is great content for the hive right here. If you want to look at deals and everything, if you, if you zoom in on the property appraiser and you'll see these like communities and they have all these like, you know, like little, little boxes and everything, like each thing has a box and it's like, it's land, 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 land. Like nobody's there. One's LLC. One's John Smith. One's Sally Sue. And, and all these people back in the 80s and 90s were buying up these lots, whether through uh, people they knew or uh, TV auctions, and they had no idea what they were buying. They thought they were buying property that's going to, like, you know, increase. And so many of them bought it. They had kids. The kids don't care. They've moved to Ohio. They've moved to California. They've moved to New York. They have kids. They have a family, a dog, a, a, a white fence, a house, and they don't really care. And all of a sudden... Here come Daniel and Anthony doing a, a lead land campaign, a mail drip, cold call, texting, and saying, you, you know, mom owned that property. You, you know, um, there's land in Florida. And, and it's crazy because they don't even know about it sometimes. Or they're, or, or they're thinking they get all riled up in the beginning and they go, we already did probate in New York. We don't have to do it here. You know, it's like, well, hold on a second. Yeah, you may have taken care of everything over where you are, but that property is still sitting here. And if you even want to see the money, we got to do this whole thing. So you have tons of that in Highlands County and in Volusia County. Volusia County is super hot, super hot for land, super hot for property. Probate, is it's, it's good over there. There's not a lot of like crazy Brevard issue rules, but I'll tell you, Florida is a hot area. And I've, and I've told I've told you at the hive, I came all the way to Dallas and told you Florida was like, and it's growing more. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you go in Florida. I mean, obviously if you go to Suwannee County, you've got to buy something that's going to be worth it. If it's going to take like, you know, 10 years, right in the middle of nowhere, you know, unless you get it on the river. I know Daniel wants it on the river, but like, if, if you find it anywhere in Florida, Miami's super saturated, but Tampa's hot. Pinellas is, is really good, but hot areas like uh, Fort Walton. I was just over there. Tons of opportunity. Don't let people tell you there's no deals. There are deals all over the place. It's happening everywhere. I see lots of investors. There are certain investors that bring, that bring deals like all the time, but you could just see constant flow. And it's because they're, they're using CRMs. They're using amazing campaigns. So one thing I just thought about is that without you and people like you, 
there would be no development because people weren't able to solve these big problems because the properties just sit there. And if properties can't sell or pass down that property, it's not able to even develop. You can't even do nothing with it. It's just stale, it's just stale property. So I'm going to say this, probate attorneys and Al Nicoletti make the future happen. Thanks, guys. And, and I'll tell you a story about Messi. I'm working on right one right now. The investors had it locked up for two years. A really nice house. No mortgage. Pay, fully paid off. But the son, the lady's son was there. So we had to kick him out before the pandemic, before I changed strategy completely. Kicked him out. And then we found out there's a title issue. I, am, I named in that complaint, that quiet title with adverse possession, named 40 people to serve. Without doing things like that, they're not selling the property and title's not going to let them buy the property. They're ready to flip it for 125K. Wow. So you're talking about solving 40 people issues, serving everybody, newspaper publications, things that I would have never done ever. But now I'm willing to take the challenge on because there's, there's, there's equity, there's a deal, and you know we're all in it. Yeah, you create opportunity. That's huge. Creating opportunity, and there's so much untapped opportunity, which goes back to there's plenty of deals out there if you look deep enough. Plenty of them. So let's talk about your tour. Let's talk about your tour. So where where have you been? Where are you going? What's that looking like? And what has produced so far from it so far? So the tour started at, in Jacksonville at the Jack's Rhea in, in late October. I said, you know what? I'm going to kick it off there because really a lot of the speaking and presentations and PowerPoints I was starting to do with real estate happened there. And I started there in, in October. Then I, eventually I was able to get booked at Marlena Dates is Orlando REI Live. So I went there for a presentation and what, what did that do? That's in Orlando, right? So I go anywhere in Florida and there's always something with meeting people in person and now the hybrid virtual connection, right? Like with us, like immediately we meet in person and it's just, it just takes everything to a new level after being virtual. So I do that and that just, that explodes. And that led to the RIA is one thing. The Jack's RIA, they all, they all know, they all know Jack's RIA, where to go. So naturally the leads flow in from, from the RIA, but in, but going to Orlando, a totally new market, I got to meet with Marlena. I know, I know Beth Moreno. She had a deal in Lake County that was uh, 55 and over did that probate in three weeks. She was absolutely blown away. Um, there was another guy I met, uh, Frank, Frank Jr. Who was in Orlando, uh, shout out to Frank. If Frank ever watches it, but Frank was also at the New View conference, and that also did something. I'll talk about that. And then there was another guy, Boston Dave, Mortgage Man Jay. So I got to meet new people. It was actually fascinating, right? So then from there, um, I, you know, we had the holidays, and then the first kickoff for 2022 was the New View conference. Over 150 people were at the New View conference. I had 45 minutes. It was so hard because you guys know I. I mean, lawyers talk, but I, I, you know, I love doing the presentations and everything. It's hard to do 45 minutes with the baby mama stories and the yellow bird Cuban probate crisis stories, and it's hard to do all that, right? So um, I did that, 
And, and of course, like I get the reaction of like, it, it just it blows people's minds. They couldn't believe I can make uh, the topic of probate exciting, you know, like being the only lawyer that can liven up death and being the only attorney that can talk about probate to death. Like people are just amazed by that. So um, we, we had a great time there, had a trade show. People talked about it the next day. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of strategies that go behind a lot of the things I do. And then, um, right after that, I had to come back to Jack's clean the whole place up. Cause I had my first podcast the next Wednesday, drove all the way to Destin, um, on Monday, stayed overnight. And then the next day had the meeting at five 30 with Heather Blatz's group, which was crazy. Cause like, there were like 50 people there. I've never been in that area. So you have to understand, like, there's a level of like, I don't care what anybody says in my head when going to these places because they don't know me from Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, it's just that mindset of just rolling in there and being like, boom, you know, nobody expected the Al Nicoletti like, you know, boom. So we had a blast there. And uh, that was a t- that was a ton of fun. Drove back out back two thirty in the morning. Next on the tour is I'm going to be in. um I'm going to be in West Palm Beach on the 29th of January, and I'm going to have a, uh, it's not speaking, but it's a trade show. So it's still, it's, you know, me being out there, but then I'm going to be, this is what's crazy. I'm going to be at the Tampa Rhea on February 10th. Then I turn around and go to the Southwest Florida Rhea on February 16th. Wow. Then the next day I go to the Mighty Mike Re- a meetup in Orlando, which is a totally new meetup in Orlando the very next day. And um, just pounding it. And then I'm at then I'm at different events in March. But April is where it gets nuts. April is where I have multiple meetings, webinar and in person. So I spaced it out a little bit. But the tour is really, as someone described it, it's like just going through all these places and pinging around and opening up these new things. Eventually, we'll be in Sarasota again. Back in Tampa, Rhea, the TB Rhea with Greg Simpson in April. So, you know, I could go down the list. I know, I know all my dates. Like, that's what's crazy about this. Like, that's why, that's how into this I am, is I know exactly where I'm going to be, what's happening, what's going on. It's crazy. I, th- I think what's interesting about that is that you, you're working harder than I get, I can almost guarantee, I don't know, I don't know the probate space in Florida, but I promise you, you're probably working the hardest in the probate space in Florida. There's no one doing it. There's no one doing it as hard as you. So you don't even understand the ramifications that are going to come from doing all this in the next six months. You don't need, you, you can't even, you can't even put a finger on it. You might need to hire somebody next week. You, you never know. And, and, and the thing is, is it's blowing up everywhere and eventually we can take more on. We can eventually do more, more title, title issues, more challenges that we have to overcome. And it's why I'm taking on some of those big things. So I learned so that when, when it's like two people, it's like an easy project, right? It's like easy. I was like, all right, now I know what to do. So um, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's blowing up and it's time, right? When 2020 and 2021, a lot of places were closed. Think people weren't doing things, um, and things have just opened up dramatically. And I think I saw that. Like Anthony would like this one. Like that was like a vision mindset that I had. Was I could just tell that the way things were moving with everything 
that eventually 2022 is going to shift everybody's like brain and be like, oh, okay, a new year goes by. Now everything lifts and we're good. And, and I think I saw that in June and I said, I'm going to start planning everything out now. And that's another like strategy, the Nicoletti strategy of just like foreseeing these things. That's getting on this, getting on that, getting this book, getting that book. You know, we all know events in January and February, like the biggest, it's biggest turnout, biggest people come because they want to like, you know, fresh start and everything. So that's why I booked everything so soon to have a January and February. Um, but it's just a mindset, man. It's a, it's a mindset, Daniel, of not even just the lawyer side, but maybe the marketing side and um, growth expansion, being able to do things virtually now, right? Like you guys could do deals from Texas into Florida and I could do a deal. I could do a probate in uh, Key West if you all picked up the deal. I don't have to go down there anymore. So what we're all doing is incredible because we could sit here and do something without going anywhere. No, it's uh, times have changed and it's for the better. And now it's only going to accelerate things. So it's now time to capitalize on our opportunity that's been opened up just by technology. Because I didn't even think about that. If you had a probate in Key West, you probably had to go down to Key West and file the paperwork. But now since the pandemic, they opened it allowed to do virtual. DocuSigns are now a thing. Like this has opened a whole new trajectory of business that 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 Florida based that, that Key West attorney that was killing it is now can kill it everywhere else in Florida. Right. And we had a case in uh, Columbia County. So if you look on a map with Jacksonville, you'll see Lake City to the left. And that's a whole other county. Well, I had a case there. And before the pandemic, if you had a final hearing so you could get the final order, the, ju the judgment before you'd have to drive all the way over there because those counties were like so small, so old school that we'd have to do that. But once the pandemic hit, I'm doing Zoom with, you know, people that are in Lake City in all the small counties. And now it's normal. Like they want to keep it that way. Daniel, they were doing they were doing mail in orders during the pandemic. And all I thought was like, why are we still doing that? Like, why do we have to do FedEx with mail-in orders? Well, finally, things changed, and they started doing the whole portal system and upload PDF. I was like, oh, my gosh. We had to go through that just to do this? It's, but it's been a blessing. It's been a, a silver lining to everything for businesses that we're working on, for businesses with even social media. I was not doing social media as hard as I am now, right? And that was because of the pandemic. It was because of a fear of not being in front of people. We were not able to be there. It was like we couldn't do it. So we had to find shift strategies and find ways to be doing that stuff, being on, um, on you know, in front of people. But now that things have opened up, have I been less on social? No, more. not at all. Not, not at all. More, more, more on social. And um, that's what, that's the kind of world we're in. So um, yeah, we can we can definitely get into that too. So, I I think the 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 pandemic had its blessings. It had its definitely had its blessings. It was a weird time, but I think it definitely changed the way people operated. And I like I like I like more opportunity because it it shows that people don't that don't adapt they get left behind. 
including including the including the counties. <laughs> like they they fall victim to the if they don't adapt, they get left behind mentality too. And it's not just people. Like you gotta adapt and everything. Adapt your business model, business, the way you market, the way you do business. Like you gotta adapt. You have to have to adapt. Um, what has been the biggest change that you've seen that you've adapted to that you think you caught on the most? Like, hey, this thing has accelerated my business that I adapted to. I I mean, I'd have to say it's probably the podcast, maybe. Maybe the podcast. Well, I think the podcast, that's been its own animal too. And I think I thought about this the other day, and this is a great topic for you all. There's something to be said about everybody starts a podcast. Everybody, everybody has their podcast. Everybody starts one and they bring people on or they have their own little segments. And I think there's something to be said about it takes a while to get to that credibility standpoint. And I think it's only now for me, in my mind, in my mind, now you guys probably are thinking you're crazy, like, you know, you're soaring, you know, but in my mind, I think it only recently hit that level of like, I'm being called a super host. I'm being called like a really solid podcast host. I'm bringing on monsters like Frank Spaulding. Shout out to Frank. I hope Frank watches it. I know you're going to watch Frank, but like Frank was like saying like how I'm bringing on giants. And I think it's that level of realization that people are having and verbalizing. That's like, okay, the consistency has obviously taken off, right? When you're consistent with your business, no matter what, this applies to anything. And people put quote cards out there all the time about this, like consistency is key. Well, really, actually it is. You know, a lot of people think it's, oh, you know, the same old, same old. We get the people like, you know, shifting around in their chair if you say that at the mastermind. But here's the thing, it's the truth. Just nobody wants to do it or nobody wants to actually take that level of responsibility and maturity and actually do it. But it also takes that like drive. So I think your drive leads to that consistency and my drive to constantly make connections like with you all, with other amazing guests, my drive to like constantly be out there and, 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 and actually get that value, you know, bring that value out is what drives me to actually get that show. So it's been crazy. The show has been its own thing now, season three. Um, but, you know, I have to say, I don't know if it's the show itself. Maybe that would be my answer next year, probably. It has to be bringing on a team that's utilizing more graphics and I think more design and using Instagram reels because reels get more views than just a random regular post on Instagram. And yeah. I think it's just more, more use of stories, 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 more Instagram stories, stories, more posts that have kind of really like that's changed a little bit. Like people have noticed that I think I posted some video on a beach and, and somebody was joking, but they're like, man, we got to walk on the beach together or something. I'm like, you know, I, I, I like comments because that means they're watching. Yeah. Right. So that's the kind of stuff that. I think is changing for me, but I can't stress this enough. It's not even just the videos. It's not even just the show, but I just truly think it's that 
I, I'm every day, Daniel, I'm like, did a micro get posted? Did a video get posted? Did the YouTube get posted? Did the, did the Instagram get posted? Did the story get posted? Is the story going? How many people looked at the story? Did I post, did I post the, uh, did I do my email blast? You know? And I just think it's, it's, it's that it's that that's just like the realization that when you do that, you get results. When you get results, you get lead flow. But then when you get lead flow, you better keep up with the lead flow because if you don't, all marketing's for nothing. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I tell people all this time, like my Insta, my Instagram and all social media content, most of it I don't even see till a post. Wow. <laughs> like she, she has creative freedom. That it just goes, it happens. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. She did a good job on that one. Good job. <laughs> It's, it's social media, and, and I know we've talked about this in the hive. Yeah. There's certain people that are going to click with it, like Mike Novak, right? And I'm so happy for Mike because he found the social medium that generates the lead flow. And that's what you're doing. You're not just being on YouTube and, you know, and having or a podcast or all this if there's not going to be some kind of relationship building or a lead flow. And so with Mike, Mike found a lead flow and he's just constantly doing it. Now people are going to him to learn the mastery of the TikTok land posting. And so if you find that mastery with what you do in social media, you'll be successful with it because if you do it consistently, you'll get it. So, you know, Daniel, if you ever check out Daniel and Anthony's uh, their, their stories and stuff. And then I see like how many stories they have. Like, it's like 15, we got to go through 15, but the idea is that you're constantly out there, Daniel, Anthony, you're posting stuff. I see it. And like, both of you are just like constantly getting the big picture out there constantly. You got to, you got to, there's a, there's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger yeah, I think purpose. Daniel's the, the content monster and uh, me, I'm lazy. So I, here's a, a <laughs> a nugget for anybody that's watching this video right now uh, if you want to have consistent content to post all you have to do is share other people's stuff like literally all my stuff is like screenshots and recorded from other people's content and i just recycle it and just pump it back in or i'll take a screenshot of it and throw a few words on top and then pump it right back out and it's funny because a lot of people don't use that hack you know so it's just something to, i think if, if you're not pumping out content even if you're lazy you can still get it done so and then the other reason why the big reason why I create content is I'm trying to create content for our users because of their affiliates of our products. So they can use all of our content, no matter how much or, or how little, there's always something for them to choose from. So now I'm just not providing content for myself. It's for them too. Yeah. And you're showing people how, how to even do it and that it works, right? Like you wouldn't keep doing it if it didn't work. Yeah. All right. You wouldn't it's keep free. it free. But also in anything, you wouldn't keep doing the hive mind if it wasn't working. And, you know, you wouldn't keep doing anything in your businesses if it wasn't working. And the social media absolutely works. I'm not one for posting my food. I don't care about the selfies and stuff like that. We're just posting valuable educational informational stuff. And that's how it's getting out there. It's, it's, it's pumping out the mediums and showing people. But again, it's the ones that are going to get it that will do it and do it consistently because the lead flow will be strong and they know it. So I have a confession to make. I like podcasting. and I, I, I was afraid to speak before. And I've said this before and other stuff, but I was afraid of speaking previously before doing this. 
But now I've come to enjoy podcasting because I get to ask the questions I want to know to the people I want to know it from. Right. <laughs> you, you get that, you get that first vantage point and you can't do that unless you do it. You, you know, and, and I'll say this too. And I agree with you. I remember I heard you say that at the hive mind mastermind, you said that was the first thing you said when we were there on day one, that you said something about like, I'm not one for talking, but like in front of people, but like, I have to do it. And also like the podcast has helped or something like that, where like your exposure to this has helped. Same thing for what we're doing with the show with the Al Nicoletti show. There's something about being in front of that camera. I'm in front of audiences. And I know, I know like the, the old, the, when, when violinists were on stage playing the, the trick for a lot of violinists were just look in the back top corner. Don't look at the lights, look at the back top corner. You don't have to look at the audience. Right. Um, I mean, I don't mind. I'll look at the audience all day, but the camera, when you talk into a camera, there's a completely different mindset. You you're not talking to a person. That's not a personality. You have to develop a skill to be able to talk to people through that medium and, and even on, on screen, on camera, knowing that it's on you. And it's, it's, I don't know about you, Daniel, but it's helped articulation. It's helped delivery. It's helped style. It's helped content. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when you do it as much as you're, you're doing it, doing it. And you're doing it. And as much as other people are doing it, it, it changes your mindset to wait a second. I can do this. I can be in front of people. I can actually, you know, talk to them and, and make a point. And there's something about that camera, man. I knew it from day one when I was making those videos behind the books. And since then it's amazing. I love it. It's great practice too. it's like uh, you go, people that go to the gym, they strong because they go there every day. And pe- people like us would show up in front of the camera every day. So, you know, so we're, we, become, we become really good speakers. And the one thing about speaking is I know we can do a whole, this is, this is a side note. We can do a whole podcast talking to Al once a week and we'd never run out of content. <laughs> Because we can carry on a conversation about anything, and there's it's going to lead somewhere else that we never talked about before. So same time next week. <laughs> I'm here. You guys know where to find me. Like I'll be, I'll, I'll hop on any of those uh, hive mind groups and and give value in anything. That's but it's why like we we all click because we all know we do different things. We know how to bounce ideas off each other. That's the power of the hive, though. Like the ability to just, we just talk, you know, that's why we've talked about having, you know, those meetings and stuff. Cause it's, it's, it's valuable because we all have different skill sets, social media. I could talk to you about batch producing, you know, you want to talk about drive, Anthony, you're going to love this. I specifically block out like Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I hadn't for a while cause I had to get work done, but I, I now I'm back. But I specifically blocked out Saturdays and Sundays to record eight videos either each day or one day. And I do that because no matter what I do, I do it with consistency. I will never post one video a day. 
I'll do one a week because you know why? Everybody knows when Al drops a video, it's that Thursday, it's that Friday, it's that Thursday, it's that Friday. And it's like, there it is again, there it is again, there it is again. But you would know how I do it with batch producing. I just have a way of being able to change, record, figure out the content. Nothing is pre-written beforehand. Yeah. And just roll. And that's it. And it and if you know how to if you know how to have that drive and do it, it's good. But you it doesn't have to be that. Find find that thing that you know how to multiply, just like Daniel's talking about. And um bat, batch producing is huge. Somebody some people are like, you know, wowed by that. But to me, it's like I'm I'm there. You want I I booked it. I'm never recording in the summer again, that's for sure. But um there's so much to be said about the strategies and things, man. Sharonda was even talking about it on the hive call. She was like, you better, you better not stop doing that. You got to keep doing those videos. And I'm like, don't worry. Don't worry, Sharonda. I'm going to keep doing those videos all the time. So I think, I think the power of this is that once you create it, you can always reuse it. So instead of doing one a week, once you build up a library, you can do two a week and people will think, Oh, this is new. He's doing two a week. And it's something that seems totally new and fresh but it's something you did six months ago. So I took that from you guys. So I remember Daniel, you and I were messaging one night and we were talking about like, you know, content repurposing. And then, and then Anthony was on a call and he, and he said something in, in, the, in the most Anthony way possible. He was just like, yeah, man, who cares? Like just repost it, re repurpose it, you know? And, and he was like, you know, that's what we do. And all I thought was like, that's so true because think about how much effort and time goes into making that content. And sometimes people will see it and sometimes people won't see it. So once you guys both said that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to just repost the power of attorney video. And when I did that, a whole new section of people saw it for the first time. And I was like, that's so weird because what are we thinking internally in our head? We're thinking, oh, they already saw that. Like, they don't want to see that again. But that's just you thinking that, right? So my assistant now, Taylor, she's just posting stuff over and over again of things I've already done. And I'm at the point, like Anthony said it, who cares? Post it again. That's why I, I, I think that was like great stuff on the Hive call too. It's like your content, a lot of, some people will see it, but not everybody sees it. And just do it again, post it a reel post a story, post it on your business page, post it on YouTube, post it on Instagram. You know how many people are not on Facebook, but they're on Instagram? It's so weird. It's so weird. Like there's people that look at my story on Instagram that are not the same people that look at the story on Facebook. So hey, dude, to that point right there, I'll go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say to that point right there, I have, I'll post uh, I, I try to always share whatever I share to my Facebook stories. I try to post my Instagram stories. I don't post most of my Instagram posts on Facebook. I don't know why. It's like my brain kind of like sections those off. But what's super, super cool is that I can post the same story on Facebook and Instagram. And I have, there's a specific set of people that only ever reply to my Instagram stories and they never message me on Facebook. So it's like, I'm, I'm, it's the exact same content but groups of people will not communicate with me on Facebook where they communicate with me very often on Instagram. Super weird. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a different crowd. Well, what, I, what I'll say is that 
people, when people hear the content, they might hear it for the first time. And that recycling of the content, there's a post on Instagram. It gets posted every day. I post it every day, once a day. And then I was, we were on a call, me and Anthony were on a call yesterday. And uh, the guy says he, he asked for a sale 15 times a day. I'm like, man, I'm not doing it hard enough. People are one up in me. But now, now I'm like, I need to do, and this is something I'm incorporating this week. Once I get, once my full, my team, uh, I have a, I schedule my team out differently from, cause I have Monday to Friday and Tuesday to Saturday. So all my team's going to be here tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, I need to post one testimonial day till we get up enough testimonials. We're posting two a day till we get three a day. And now I'm testing our testimonial library where now we're, we're going to start going hard on testimonials because people might not see it, but they'll understand like, Hey, these guys got a lot of testimonials. Like people, people always laugh like, man, were you out of town? Like, no, we're just posting old, 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 old events. And it looks like we're always out of town working, but we're, I mean, we are, but it looks like we're not. And then like Anthony says, Oh, it looks like you guys go live. I, I try and go live every day, but it's recording. I guess, I guess if I spoil it, I spoil it, but yeah. You know, but like, if you go live same time every day, people just know to show up. Like if it's, if it's for lunch break every day, they know they can always count on content being there. So it's just being, being consistent, reusing the same stuff and they have, they'll find value. New people have always found value. Cause you're, you think about it, your audience is always getting bigger. As long as you're producing content, your audience is getting bigger. So if you're using that content, it's always fresh to them. And, and everybody's got different stuff. No, I was, I was going to say something that I noticed too, even about myself, right? Because I pay attention a lot to how I consume content as well. And man, I would say probably at least 25% of the YouTube videos that I, I usually don't watch YouTube. I just listen to it. So YouTube's an audio form, even though, so I say I watch the videos, but I'll consume the same audio on YouTube probably 25% of the time is a repeat of something I've already heard before because I want, I enjoyed it so much or I wanted to ingrain it so much. So that kind of put me into the mindset of who cares how many times I share the, the similar or same content over and over again. As a matter of fact, I think it was today that I posted the same stories I posted on Facebook and Instagram. I screenshot it and I posted it again on my stories today on Facebook and Instagram before it even expired. Yeah. So I, I think we kind of got that from Charles from the Todd Capital Mastermind. Shout out to, uh, to Charles. Um, he's like the people that find you annoying we're never going to do business with you anyway so who cares let them delete you he says the people that do want to do business with you they don't care what you post interesting that's it yeah and we were talking about a little bit about that before we hopped on about you know frequency and posting and um you know just really getting the message out there and it's just it's it's definitely you know over content posting um, and you, you guys may have a difference of opinion with it, but like sometimes overdoing it, maybe too much, um, you know, could, could be, could be different and have a different impact on people. Um, but I think, you know, you find your pace, everybody's got a different pace, different rhythm, different system, but the big takeaway is you got to do it. And even if you do it once a week, that's more than you were doing before. That's yeah. more, that's more, even if it's just sharing a story about a deal, success or failure. I saw somebody post about how they, how, what the story was behind the deal. Think about this guys. Imagine somebody posts, like, let's say, let's say Anthony posts a story about how he was about to get 280 acres. I, ha I have to use 280. Cause like they don't have that in Florida. Like I feel, I feel cool saying 280 acres in Texas. And let's just say the deal didn't work out, but you shared the whole story about, how you got it, why, why didn't it work out? 
I think people would be fascinated by the steps that you went through and what you went through, even though the deal didn't work because people can learn from anything. People can learn from the success. People can learn from the the deal not working out. So that's even content right there. People just don't know it. People are just don't know that that's something that they could do. Yeah. Tons and tons of opportunity, tons of opportunity for content. And a lot of, a lot of people struggle with like, what do I post? He just said everything, your wins and losses are all content. Everything, a picture of the house of like a, a video of going into the house you know, whatever it is, but you know, all of this, all of what we're talking about tonight leads into, you have a business, you know how to market that. Now you use these mediums to help market your business, but you, you also leverage it to really get out there more. And that's scaling using social media scales, the business and the content you're producing scales that increases lead flow to whatever you're doing. And um, totally changes the game for everybody. Yeah. Who who has been the most pivotal guest that somebody should go and pl- plug your plug your podcast too? What has been one of the best shows you've done recently that you want to plug into your Al Nicoletti show? So you're talking about a guest that's been yeah. on my show or somebody yeah. I've been on theirs? No, a guest on your show. Wow. I mean the thing that's sticking in my mind is the last one I had with Dave day. Um, first of all, that was the longest podcast I ever had. We went two hours and 30 minutes. Wow. And it was the most nugget filled golden nugget filled episode with like strategies on going through public records, the best leads to go through and it is because Dave's been in it for more than 20 years. Um, and so it just was memorable because I realized like you guys, you guys probably brainstorm about this when you, when you're not on camera and you're not, you're not, you know, recording stuff, you know, where you, where you and Anthony are like, whatever, what are our strengths and our weaknesses for the show? But a strength I realized I had uh, not, not realized until Dave Day's episode was the ability to let these people talk. Hmm. And a lot of hosts are not good with that. Uh, a lot of hosts uh, think that they want they want to be the ones that talk, you know, and they feel like I'm the host. I got to talk. But with Dave, I was like, you know, Dave, uh, tell us the four, the four D's in real estate. That divorce. You know, and just sit. Yeah. Don't, don't even do anything. And I, and I, <laughs> and there was something about it being on the call that we just keep kept going. And um, when you do that, people love talking in the beginning, people are always a little like, you know, this is my story. This is what's happening. And it's like, you know, okay, where are we going with this? Like, where's this going? But you know, they, they open up, they talk, they talk about what's going on. And um, that was great. But you know, I got so many amazing guests like you guys on the episode were absolutely awesome. It was the, that was the first time on restream I had ever done the sandwich where Daniel's on one side, Anthony's on the other, man, that was so fun. And then I played that on loop at the convention. Um, John Alexander's episode was amazing. Uh, Lee Carney being on was a big one. I've just had pivotal giants be on the show. Carl Spielvogel, um, uncle Carl with the goat farm was like amazing. 
Um, it's it's incredible. I have so many good ones coming up. Um, I got Brittany Thompson coming up too. She's coming oh, up on the show. Nice. Yeah, Brittany's coming. Um, we connected at an event in October. And it was crazy because then she was on the clubhouse call and Brittany was like, hey, Al, it's Brittany. I was like, you know, I meet so many people. I was like, I wasn't sure which Brittany it was. And then all of a sudden she's like, you know, it's Brittany from the event. I was like, oh my gosh, we got to have you on. So, so many, so many amazing people that we've seen along the way. Um, Everybody's got a different story. Anthony's story, your story is amazing. How you all got here. And I think that's what makes great guests is that they have, everybody's got a different journey, but they got to tell it. And it's so hard to do a 30 minute podcast. You know, that's how Dave, so credit to Dave. He changed my mindset. Daniel, you're going to love this. Dave changed my mindset on podcast because we're all thinking about all these guys and ladies that are hosting podcasts that are like, you got to keep it 30 to 20 minutes. You got to keep it because you keep people's attention and they're in the car. First of all, nobody's in the car anymore because nobody's commuting. Everybody's working from home. Second of all, you can't pull the content out of people in 20 to 30 minutes. By minute 30, they're just warmed up and they shut down. You shut them down by doing that. You know, and I had Dave on in a minute, an hour and 30 minutes. He was flying. Totally. And and that's drawing people out. A lot of people miss the nuggets because they're all they're all in the end when you're in the flow. But I not gonna put the podcast out, but I did a podcast and they timed me, and I'm like, I'm never, I don't, I'm not doing time podcasts ever again. Like I, I'm like, I can't even say what I my thought process in thirty in two minutes and thirty seconds. Like that's that's not even one complete thought. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, like, and I I like I like what we do because we have. We have we have a two hour and forty five minute episode, but we also got ten minute episodes. We got forty five minute episodes. We got hour and a half episodes. Like that doesn't really. There's no like we need to be thirty minutes or less type of episodes. Like it can go however long you want it to. Sometimes you're in the flow. Sometimes you're not. And if it's a thirty minute episode, that's great. It's great. If it's a two hour episode, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. It, I've been watching a lot of like these forever. Tim Ferriss and you know a lot of these uh, podcasters that have been doing it forever and yeah man some of my favorite episodes were two hours two and a half hours I've been watching Lex Friedman you know he interviewed Elon Musk he interviewed uh, I think the guy's name is Travis from Twitter and yeah all of his episodes are like two hours long and by the time it's over I'm like damn I needed a little bit more of that <laughs> so everybody just consumes different types of content I'm, I'm, I'm done with the hour and we're done. And I think that's Dave day changed that for me. Um, and two and a half hours was a long time. I mean, that was a lot. I mean, I got out of the chair and I was like, all right, that was like, my head was like, I was, I was done, but I still had energy, right. Had Al Nicoletti energy going, but you know, that's where I think with you, Daniel and Anthony, like, where the hive is like out of the box thinking, right? This is where we bounce ideas off and thoughts about, you know, what strategies are working. We're on a call right now. I mean, uh, until we're at an event, it's maybe the longest we're on a call. And, and that's where you have to leverage the podcast. This is the relationship building. This is the rapport building. This is the bonding. And a 20 to 30 minute podcast 
is more or less a, Hey, I had this guy on now you got to check it out. It's more just um, clickbait and um, you know, Hey, go check it on iTunes. It's not relationship building. Yes. It's initial connecting, but you know, again, kudos to Dave who showed me that you don't have to just cap it at an hour. You don't have to cap it at 45 minutes anymore. I don't care anymore. Like I, I, if, if, if we are on a podcast, we'll go two hours and I don't ever, everybody's just uh, sitting around. Everybody's just waiting to stand up, stand up. We'll, we'll, we'll take that break. Everybody do dances together, you know? So crazy, crazy strategies. You, you get a lot of substance. I, I, I like, I like the longer ones because you get a lot more substance in the, in the conversation and you get more depth of the conversation too. Um, I don't even put a timer when we do ours. It's more of like, whenever I feel like it's time to end then I'll end it. <laughs> and, and it's not even like an insult to them. It's just like, I think, I think we're here, but like in other conversations, like I don't want it to end. And like, it's a timer strain on my end. Like I didn't clear my schedule enough. I'm like, I have to end it here. I'm sorry. And I almost feel bad for like, taking taking that part from the audience because of my my mistake so now now when i schedule i usually schedule like i have a two-hour window at minimum to do it that way if we do go that long it might go 30 minutes i still have an hour break in between but if i go an hour and a half i still have time to like hey i can reset reprogram and have a conversation so it's it's provide it provides a lot more in flow just want tips and tricks apparently on this one but i i usually try and i try and get more about them in the beginning to break through to the audience that way the audience knows who they're talking to and who they under and they understand that person as far as like through the background and then from there, it usually carries on from wherever the conversation is going in. And I usually try and pick off, I try and pick off my nuggets off of them based off of what they're talking about, because I know the audience will like that too. Yeah, just, I mean, these are, these are so valuable because a lot of people, um, a lot of, and I got to know who the 10 minute podcast was. That's, that's crazy. But uh, I think it was a cut of another one. It was microed into a 10 minute podcast. <laughs> I was like, who was on for 10 minutes? Um, but you know, that, that's, that's something also the guest actually, like, like when I had Brittany on and I'm going to tell Brittany, I'm like, you talk as long as you want. Like if we get on a roll, just talk because that helps them too. I was so, uh, I cared so much about like the eyeballs, like how many people were watching, like, you know, one, then it goes up to 10. And I was worried about like, what's that perfect number? On Dave Day's episode, we were at we were at hour mark two, and there were eighteen people still watching that. It, the viewership went up. Viewership went up, and we're thinking about even changing the time of the show to nine uh, p.m. Eastern because we think more eyeballs are watching than when people are scrolling. The kids are in bed; they're already, you know, for school. That we, we, you know, there's a there's a there's a strategy behind all of it, and frankly if the number, if the eyeballs went down, I wouldn't even care because I know that I want to provide the most value to any guest that watch it later. And it's all about the relationship building. So when people come on like Mike and Brittany and, and, and I'm going to have an accountant and everything on the show, 
it's um it's all about relationship building because this is what it this is what we're doing right now. Um, this is this is all bonding and and providing value back into the hive, so that when they have questions and strategies, hey, you know, reach out to Daniel, reach out to Anthony, reach out to Al Nicoletti. We'll talk about these things. Dude, I think we noticed that on Clubhouse, man, is like some we we've kind of debated a little bit. Like, should we cut the Saturday Clubhouse call down to like an hour instead of the two hours? But I notice sometimes, like at the hour and a half mark, is when the room starts getting jam packed. And that's when we're really vibing and flowing. So yeah, some of be said about going extra deep on these long calls. There's something to be said about it. And I'm paying attention. Um, tomorrow I have a guest coming on and I don't know how, how long we'll go, but I, I have, it's going to be the first time we're in studio. I got the mics. I don't know if you can see them. I got the mics. They're here. We got the in-person mics and the cameras that I posted, but I'm, that's going to be a neat experiment. Because for the first time, I'm going to have somebody in person, and we all know what in person is like. You get a different vibe, and time is going to go like that. Yeah. And it's good. It's crazy. I, I recorded uh, four or five in person episodes over the weekend. Wow. Really? <laughs> what, what were you recording? What were you doing? Um, so I, I was recording content for the Hive Mind that we're releasing this week. And then I had people in town. I'm like, hey, I got a professional videographer. Come in. Let's talk about something. <laughs> we'll figure it out when we get here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So we, we, ha- we, got, we got a bunch of good, good episodes coming out that he, Anthony hasn't even heard. And it was just me, me and another guest and just vibing, having a conversation. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Just just vibing out there and having those good conversations and, you know, just, just doing, doing different things with different people. And that's just a relationship building kind of thing. Yeah. So I think, I think we're, we're, we're near the end. Where can people find you online? What's your show called? What time do you, what time are you planning to put it on to since you're doing, you're switching up, you're testing now, testing out your crowd. So everybody can find me on all the socials, right? So you can find me on Instagram at attorney Nicoletti. You can find me on Facebook at Alan Nicoletti. You can find me on the YouTube channel. I got tons of content posting all the time. I have the, uh, I LinkedIn. I'm not really been using LinkedIn, but you can find me on LinkedIn as well, but you can really find me also on the Al Nicoletti show, which is live every Wednesday unless a guest has to be on a different day. But every Wednesday, we're experimenting. We're usually at eight. Now we're experimenting at nine. But what you do is just go find all the amazing guests that have been on the show, on the Alan Nicoletti show, that are on iTunes and Spotify all over the place. And um, just, just tons of guests. iTunes and Spotify, follow it there. I'm all over. But more importantly, my phone number is 904 904- nine 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 zero zero five three yeah right write that down put it here's what people should do is they see it but let's let's do this while the hive's watching take out your cell phone go into your contacts book and just right now put al nicoletti you see the name up there and then put florida probate attorney so you never forget when you go back through your phone later who that was and I started telling people this at the presentations too, because, you know, we're clicking away. So ch- save it in there, 
1-800-242-0053. If you call me, leave a detailed voicemail because I get so many calls. Leave a voicemail. I will call you back. And my email address, which Daniel and Anthony will pop it somewhere, al at alnicoletti.com. Check out the website, www.alnicoletti.com, and you can find all the content there. And that's where to find me. I'll, I'm, a, I'm everywhere. I'm going to start doing that. So I started doing it recently with the phone number thing. I'm like, yeah, text me. 210-972-1842. Boom. Hit me. It's the Hive number. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Uh, let's appreciate, appreciate your time, man. Great episode. We'll, I, hope, I hope we get a ton of value. I hope you reach out to Al Nicoletti whenever you get a probate deal in Florida because there's a lot of opportunity going on on there. So we appreciate your time. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for having with us. I'm a Gletti. Thanks, guys, so much. Love you guys. Thank you. I love you, Alvin. Later. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? One in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The List Guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from, and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The List Guys are here to save you time. Contact the List Guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.the number1listguys.com.